video consultations and growing part of healthcare. And in this video, I'm going to cover my top five tips to try and make that whole process a little bit easier for you in your practice, starting right now. Let's take enhance your primary care and learning. This is the first time we're meeting. I'm Dr. Gandalf of EGP Learning, where I look at supporting you with technology-enhanced primary care and learning. And in this video, I'm going to cover, as I said, my top five tips of doing video consultations in practice. Why? Well, as I said earlier, video consultations are a growing part of healthcare and the delivery mechanism of that is changing as time goes on. And many people may feel unsure about how to do a video consultation in practice. So let's cover the top five areas that may help you make it a bit easier for yourself and also in terms of patient care. For more content like this, make sure you subscribe to our channel by ringing the bell. And as always, follow us on any of our social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you've got any questions, make sure you contact me at EGP Learning or at DrGandalf52. And as always, guys, comment, share, let's tech enhance your primary care and learning. Shall we begin? So in this video, I'm going to cover my top five tips of doing video consultations. And there are, these are basically things that you need to consider when you're doing a video consultation in practice. So number one is where do you look? What do I mean by that? Well, when you're doing a video consultation, most people tend to look at the screen because that's where all the patient information is. And more importantly, when you're doing a call or a video kind of Skype call and things, you tend to look at the person on the screen itself. The problem with that is that you're not actually looking at the person because the camera is here. So right now I'm looking dead into the camera and stuff and you can see me clearly. If I wasn't doing that, that may have an impact in terms of the engagement and the rapport that you have with the patient. Maybe better if I show you. Shall we have a look? So EGP learners, this is what it looks like if I was to consult with you through a video interface in my practice. And this is what it looks like when I look at you directly in the camera. Now the alternative is obviously I can spend more time looking at the screen, like this. And as you can see, by me doing that, I'm actually, my focus is away from you. So if I was trying to have an empathic rapport building consultation through the medium of the, the technology, and yeah, it is possible, it's not as easy because you don't have my eye contact. Although I may be looking at you, and you you know, you may be doing the same looking at me, it's not the same kind of thing. And the best example I can give you, and if you want to see this in more detail, next time you WhatsApp somebody or Skype somebody, look at where they're actually looking and how that works. Often people don't look at the camera, they look at the screen, so it's a bit of a disconnect. The alternative way around that is simply to say during the consultation, I'm just going to have a look at the screen as we talk, you know, and that's completely sensible and reasonable to do throughout the conversation. Because actually there will be times you have to look at the screen if you're trying to find that information about the patient through their notes, you know, trying to prescribe something. You want to make sure your attention's on that, not looking somebody in the face. However, if you do have the ability to develop really good peripheral vision, you know, being able to look at the camera as well as look at the screen at the same time, that might be quite nice, isn't it, in terms of being able to do both. Some of us can, why not? Anyway guys, I hope you found that useful. Let's get back to the main video. So that's number one in terms of where you look. Number two is what you look like. What do I mean by that? Well, as you can see right now, I'm wearing shirt, jumper, that kind of stuff. Generally quite smart and things to try and give that professional appearance. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm actually talking about is the visual aspect. So if I was to remove my jumper like this, well then actually what I'm wearing is a stripy colour and effectively that, sometimes on a video interface, can look a little bit distracting and can sometimes cause issues. For example, patients with migraines may actually trigger one. 
weird, I know, but actually, if you look at the images and stuff, it's hard to track sometimes, particularly if it's more so in terms of flashier colors, so your bright reds, your pinks, that kind of stuff. So actually, one of the recommendations that when you are doing video consultations, particularly from a professional aspect, is to make sure you actually wear block colors. It makes it a bit easier and stuff. Just a little tip there. I'm gonna put my jumper back on. Number three is how you listen. And what I mean by that is making sure you can hear the consultation just as much as you can see it. Why is that important? Well, actually, majority of video consultations, you still rely on the information that the patient tells you. Um, and not being able to hear that properly is going to be an issue. And also then being able to hear you. So my way around that is to use a set of headphones. Show you look. So I've got here the headphones that I use with my phone system in practice. Um, as you can see, the audio and the mic as well, which is actually quite important. And the reason for that is couplefold. One, I'm actually quite a softly spoken person. So as a result of that, me speaking into a speakerphone doesn't always work and the interference and that kind of stuff. So this means I can hear the patient really clearly as best as their reception allows. And this means that they can hear me as clearly as they're going to be unless I'm literally screaming down the phone. But there's another quick tool about this, tip about this. And the reason why I like using headphones is actually it allows me to type as I'm talking to the patient as well because you don't hear the clicks of the keyboard as much. Having a keyboard that doesn't click is great, so probably worth avoiding the whole kind of gaming machine clickable keyboards and that kind of stuff. But, and you, you may notice this when you're doing things, um, if you're talking to a patient on the phone, the clicking of the keyboard sometimes can be enough of a distraction to make you want to think, I'm not going to type right now because I want to listen to what the patient's saying. When I use headphones, because I can hear them clearly and they have a more focused listening of what I'm talking about through the microphone, actually, that's less of an issue. And it means I can type the consultation as I'm talking to the patient itself. Now, obviously, in a video consultation, you still have to use your skills at looking at the screen and all that kind of stuff at the same time. And it may be slightly more of an interference. But actually, that insulation that you get from the headphones, um, the ability to, to multitask effectively is a time-saving tool. So for me, massive tip is to use headphones as you're consulting with patients. The obvious question people say is, well, if you're wearing headphones as you're consulting with patients, is that a professional look? Well, I'd argue that it allows me to hear the patient better, allows me to speak to the patient better, and to be honest, as long as you tell them, where's the harm? Okay, so that's tip number three. Tip number four is how you document things. And there are a couple of little hacks that you can look at using to try and make this process a little bit easier for you. So the one I would recommend is either using auto consultations if you use system one, like I do, or text expanders, which are little pieces of software that allow you to type in a couple of quick codes and then that expands the text into certain things that you'd say quite often particularly if you're doing certain things like video consultations and stuff. So, for example, um, in my practice, we have a little auto consultation that we can use that tells us that we've checked the patient's um, date of birth, their address and their name when we've started a consultation in terms of the whole ID check that you would want to do as start part of a standard kind of process. It's important that you've got the probity to use that properly, but that is simply a little tool that allows you to document that quickly and effectively. Various other ones, so for example, um, an auto consultation in case we've not been able to contact the patient and it, and it gives us standard advice that we give to all of our patients who've not been able to do that. 
also other kind of things like referral information that kind of stuff you can package this quite quickly and effectively and clearly expand it into clinical areas if you wanted to as well and if you're interested in that kind of stuff I've created a little text expander tool specifically for GPs and that's part of the eGP learning support pack which you can download if you're part of the emailing list and I'll put the link in the bottom to try and get access to that for you guys as well if you're interested an alternate way of doing it Word document with the common things that you'd you know write and stuff and things and then just copy and paste quick and easy way of doing it for you a little bit more involved because you have to keep opening and going back and forth back and forth clearly I'd recommend either an auto consultation I think an email stick called macros or obviously a text expander piece of software that you can easily put on any kind of PC and things no matter where you're working tip number five interruptions so the reason this may seem a little bit disjointed is because I've had numerous interruptions I mean my practice and stuff and actually it's important to remember that when you're doing video consultation how you manage interruptions is going to be a key issue why well in terms of how I do it headphones and, and uh, I got that kind of stuff on so I may not hear knocks on the door because I'm actually talking to patients I've got headphones on hey you know um, but also other kind of things you know if you are consulting with a patient how are you going to manage that if you get a knock on the door and somebody walk in you know if you're seeing a patient they may not realize you've got a patient in there with you because you kind of do although it's through a screen and stuff and um, so being aware of how you manage interruptions I generally recommend um, communication through the systems is better so I am messages that kind of stuff and just in reinforcing that you know to be honest they should only be knocking on your door if the building's on fire and if the building's on fire the fire alarm should be going off um, but effectively having a mechanism to make sure that the way that you handle interruptions properly and effectively is just as important as you would do in practice so just to remember it's no different in a sense of having a patient sitting here in the consulting chair as it is to having them on the screen so guys I hope you've enjoyed those top five tips of mine when doing video consultations in practice in primary care just to run through them again so it's what you where you're looking at the camera what you're wearing how you listen text expanders and using them in practice and also how to manage interruptions in your consultations and stuff so consider those five options feel free to give me any feedback in terms of what you think about this i'm always open to hearing your comments and critique and that kind of stuff and if you've got any, your own little tips in terms of how to do video consultations stick them on the comments more than keen to kind of hear what you guys are thinking and stuff um, i'm going to be creating some more videos along these lines and hopefully some toolkits and stuff to help you guys with video consultations as well so if you've got any questions or comments as I said, as always, feel free to contact me either on the YouTube, Facebook, EGP Learning or the Twitter platforms and stuff as well. So that's at EGP Learning or at DrGandalf52 for my personal stuff. Hope you guys have found that useful. Feel free to leave me a review. I'd love to hear back from you guys what you think of the content and stuff. And as always, subscribe, comment, share. It's taking hands your primary care and learning. See you later.